Hello listeners, and welcome back to What You Missed On. I'm one of your hosts, Kate LaChapelle. Today, you'll be joining me and Kim Ware as we discuss the series premiere of Marvel's Loki. Among breaking down the characters and storylines the writers set up in the first episode, we will be diving into the meaning of time, the illusion of free will, not reading the terms and conditions, and if this might be Tom Hiddleston's swan song as the Loki we know and... tolerate? Love? While the show is bonkers, we'll attempt to predict what will happen by the end of the series. Are we masters of storytelling who can predict every twist and turn coming, or are we doomed to be unsuspectingly betrayed by Loki one more time? There's only one way to know, so without further ado, let's get started. So now we get to discuss the prince of Asgard who has been burdened with glorious purpose. Glorious purpose. His name is Loki. Yep. And he is the god of mischief. Mm -hmm. Some of you maybe. I was going to say he's occasionally a mischievous scamp. Occasionally. And um you know, some of you may be thinking, wait, didn't he die in Endgame? Mm. And you'd be only semi-correct. Because he actually died in Infinity War. <laughs> right? <laughs> because he actually died in Infinity War. You are correct. It was the first of the... I don't consider Infinity War its own movie, but that's just me. <laughs> it's just part one. <laughs> it's just part one of Endgame, and mm-hmm. it's all the same eight hours of... I mean, it's less than eight hours, but you know. Um, so anyway, you'd be partially correct on the did Loki die sometime in the Infinity War saga. And um, you'd be partially correct because he nobly or semi-nobly, again, Loki's a very like middle, he's just a, he's a middle mischievous scamp. morally ambiguous. He's a mischievous scamp. So he's not, he's never wholly bad but never anywhere close to holy good. But he attempted a good thing in Infinity War in keeping the uh, one of the Infinity Stones away from uh, Thanos and that ended up costing him his life. And um, in Endgame, we saw the Avengers take on a time heist. Now, time, keep track of that word. It's very important, important, mm. important. <laughs> It's very important to the series. It will be an operative um, word. They, <laughs> the operative word. They went back in time in order to collect the stones from different points in order to stop Thanos from uh, getting them. And in so doing, they accidentally mess up in the year of 2012 when um, Loki is first attempting to get the, you know, to take over New York with the Shatari army, with the Tesseract. And to, to, to sum it all up, the Tesseract ends up being kicked into a captive Loki's palms, <laughs> and he uses that to escape capture, escape. thereby creating an alternate timeline from the, the timeline that we previously remember from the Avengers franchise. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where this story takes up. Yes, because now he is both dead and not dead depending on the timeline right and also just uh, going all over the place 
So yeah, uh, we the the series literally picks up with the whole sequence from Avengers slash Endgame of Loki taking the Tesseract and he lands in the Gobi Desert where he's found by some local populace and starts his spiel about how he is burdened with glorious purpose uh, <laughs> because of course he is and Tom Hiddleston plays this bit to pieces, love him for it. And then this, uh, this door opens, opens up in the middle of the desert and mm -hmm. some people come out with these awesome TVA logo pants and vests and I desperately want some TVA sweatpants Cancer now. Gear. Yeah. Yes. Um, and they're like, uh, dude, you are a variant and you're not supposed to be here. So we're just going to like take you and kind of like do a little, little reset here so they they take loki into custody after hitting him with this like cool stick that slows him down to 1 16th speed but allows him to feel <laughs> the pain in real life and so they take him and the tesseract and they leave a little capsule thing that will do some reset sort of timeline yeah reset to the timeline yeah. yeah i don't know what that means or what that looks like hopefully we'll see more of that but all we know is that they're called reset capsules yes yes because we we see three different reset capsules in this episode but we never actually see what happens when they go off right um so loki is taken into custody to the time variance authority mm -hmm. where he summarily has to hand over the tesseract that he has in his custody and uh, this agent B-15 is kind of like leading him through this whole process and like shoves him in a room where this machine removes his clothing and we discover that Loki is way more built than he has any right to be. Yep. <laughs> and, and then he's dropped into the next section of his orientation. Uh, I don't even know what it is exactly. And he has to sign off on a gigantic stack of papers of everything he has ever said in his entire life, which being very old should be very long. Right. Um, this document wasn't nearly as long as it needed to be. Um, and also considering that it seemed to be updating in real time, like every protest he uttered, a new paper would print out and the guy would add it to the top, top of the stack. Um, I just wanted to note that this bit, while funny, they 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 ruin it when they only have him sign one sheet of paper. Like yes, they should have made him sign every single sheet, and that right. is what that is the joke I was waiting for. Actually. Right, like that's the joke that they set up. You mm -hmm. know, because he's first he's like, "Please sign here for everything that you've ever said," and then when he says, "You know what's going on" or whatever he utters, and the new sheet prints out, he goes, "Oh, and this one." <laughs> And then he says something else and then another one prints out. So it's already been implied that he's gonna have to sign for every sheet, but he only signs the one and they're okay with that. Yeah, we'll come, we'll come back to that. <laughs> Cause I have, I have a question. Um, mm -hmm. And then his, his next round is the, are you a robot test? And he mm -hmm. is supposed to go through this like robot metal detector, whatever thing, robot detector. It was like an essence detector, detector like well, yeah. essentially detecting, uh, doing a, like a, a printout of his soul, his, of or his inner, I don't know what his, he called it, but he his was like- His temporal aura. There we go. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
yes, they took they took a snapshot of his temporal aura and Loki got to have a nice little uh, moral dilemma for a second, not moral dilemma, existential dilemma, wherein yeah. he was not in fact sure if he was a robot and just didn't know it. Right, because if you were a robot and you didn't know, then, then how could you, you know? How could you know? And also, I mean, fair, because in this actual timeline, I think within the last year, Loki had just very recently learned that he was not as guardian. Yes. So would it really be that surprising for him to find out that he's in fact a robot? Right. Also, good thing that you mentioned that because um, love Tom Hiddleston and he plays this role to pieces, as you said. Um, so no, no complaints, but Marvel. <laughs> it has been... 10 years and it does look like it has been 10 years. <laughs> they do they do something with his hair to try to make it look I don't know they they were trying something well they didn't make- do the like the early aughts the like flip out thing yeah. that they had for him in Avengers it was more of like a a curly ish hair look that was less greasy and less slicked back than it is in the Avengers right they were trying something yeah um the man looks like he has aged. <laughs> that is it. The end. He's not actually an immortal being. Right. <laughs> or better or worse. But, um, you know, a little bit of cogn- cognitive dissonance. Um, he's supposed to be as young as he was in Avengers. Cool. <laughs> we just go with it. We just accept right. it. I, yeah. think it. I think it would actually have been easier to just like accept it if they hadn't shown us as much of past Loki as they did in this episode. Yeah, yeah. Because then we're just constantly seeing the juxtaposition of Loki from 2012 versus Loki in right. 2021. Exactly. And um, yeah. <laughs> it's no, been 10 years. Like, it's been, yeah. It's like, like mm, I look I different than I did at 21. Right. You know, and I'm not even saying this like in a derogatory way. Tommy Wilson has aged beautifully, continues to age like a, like a fine wine. Um, age nonetheless <laughs> yes yes so he he passes the robot test and mm-hmm. is then led to this room where he's supposed to take a number and get into a line that is empty except for this one other guy who's there who refuses to take a ticket and that is important yes um, so while loki takes his ticket begrudgingly and shoves it in his pocket he wanders through the the ropes course that is this line and starts protesting that he shouldn't even be here like this is a mistake and cue miss minutes coming in to say you're probably saying this is a mistake i shouldn't even be here (laughs) (laughs) which was uh great (laughs) like obviously intentional but it was it was very nicely handled um and it goes into like a little video on like what the tv is about and how they got formed and it was like the history of the multiverse and it was pure chaos and madness until the three all-knowing timekeepers stepped in to create one sacred timeline and that is what we are following and if you step off that timeline it can cause the multiverse war yeah because the 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 other timelines back before the you know what did Loki call them? Uh, 
space lizards <laughs> for the you know all-knowing space lizards decided to to intervene uh all the timelines were warring against each other yes um and they're just trying to keep that from happening again by keeping everything on one sacred plotted out um timeline destiny for everybody you know yeah. um and i think that that is the overarching theme of this episode is Loki kind of coming to grips with the idea that he's not the author of his own destiny and that the things that he has staked his value and his, you know, his entire, you know, his entire shtick is I have, I was burdened with a glorious purpose. It doesn't actually mean anything in the grand scheme. Mm-hmm. So uh, Loki gets put on trial. Mm-hmm. And uh, before we get into his trial, there is the introduction to Agent Mobius, who is played by Owen Wilson in this series. And he is in France in 1549, where there has been some attack on TVA agents, on a TVA team. And he interviews this little kid. They have determined that it's some devil type figure who has wreaking this havoc and has left the kid with some kablooey gum in 1549 so definitely anachronistic for this kid to be dealing with um and there is a great line from someone on the team saying that it's the sixth attack that they have experienced this week which mm. given everything that we learn about the tva in this episode i have a big question of what the hell does that even mean right what does a week mean to the TVA? Right. Because as they point out often, time does not run the same in the TVA as it, as it does elsewhere. So what does a week mean is a big question. And also there is the fact that when they interview the, the little boy, um, he does, he points to the, you know, a picture of Satan, you know, because they're in a, in a cathedral. Um, right. So apparently sa Satan is behind this. Now, considering that it is, you know, the 1500s, <laughs> you know, Satan could be anything from, Satan's a broad term. <laughs> a lot of things it is. by Satan. Although it should be noted that the stained glass that he points to of Satan has these very uh, distinctive horns. Yes, which is exactly what I was getting to. Mm. So <laughs> distinctive, distinctive horns on the depiction of the devil and um hmm, i mean are there are there characters that in the mcu that we know are known for their 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 horns yeah huh. or for having like headwear that has horns yeah on it? i don't know i don't know maybe we'll, we'll just have to keep like watching and seeing <laughs> what would what would what might possibly be happening here right so it's a bit of an early clue uh, to something that uh is a bit of a twist at the end of the episode Yes. So while Mobius is like dealing with this uh, attack and decides to reset the timeline, he's interrupted that they, there is a, a new case that Mobius is probably going to be interested in. And it is the fact that Loki has been apprehended and is now standing trial for his, his crimes of uh, working against the sacred timeline. And uh, so they, he, he starts off his trial and um, he makes a very good point about having been brought in and they are accusing him of being guilty of like screwing with the timeline and working against the sacred timeline. 
And Loki is like, I'm not the one that should be on trial. The Avengers should be on trial because they're the ones that were playing with time and allowed me to take this in the first place. And they- Fair point. It is a fair point. But apparently the timekeepers that be uh, have determined that the Avengers doing their time heist was what was meant to happen. Mm-hmm. And it was Loki taking the Tesseract that is not what was meant to happen. Although then it, honestly, it brings the whole thing into question because then should Steve and Tony have been able to go back into the other time in like the 60s to go get the Tesseract from the army base mm-hmm. to get the pin particles to go to also come back? Like it, technically that should have also screwed with the timeline. Right. We're going to have there a lot of conversations about this time thing. So I'll yeah, it. yeah, it opens up a whole new can of worms of like, okay. And given um, our mm-hmm. other discussions about Marvel's <laughs> ability <laughs> to handle their plot elements, um, I'm I'm kind of interested to see how uh, how this is going to play out because we're on some shaky ground here. Like I'm immediately wondering, was Steve yeeting himself into the past to live out a life with? Sharon or Sharon with Peggy um, definitely the, not with Sharon <laughs> right definitely not with Sharon um with Peggy part all part of the plan um that seems really I don't know I, I don't know how I feel about that because that has never before been part of yeah well we'll we'll circle back to that at the end yeah. I think it's a it's a rich topic that we're going to spend a lot of time in I think after we yeah. get through the recap right just like trying to speed through as much as possible honestly um yeah so at this trial loki's like i'm not guilty avengers are guilty and they're like no 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 no. you weren't meant to do this you you basically don't have a purpose and mobius uh talks to the judge uh renslayer to basically take loki into his custody in for reasons yet unknown and they go off to do this little like a uh, therapy session <laughs> wherein Mobius is asking Loki about like, what, what is his, his grand purpose? Like what is, what is his glorious purpose to keep using the phrase that is also the name of the episode. Um, and like, what was his plan? Like if, if he had been like dropped back into his timeline, like what, was going to what, what what was what was he going to do like and and he is like i'm going to become the king of midgard and then asgard and the nine realms and take over space and like just be the king right? of everything as and you he, do yeah and he has a lot of like interesting quotes that i don't think i wrote down um of just like about ruling and how freedom is an illusion mm-hmm which I think will probably be a bigger theme in this show, given well, most definitely. everything about this show so far. Because like, it, it, again, if there's one thing that this episode lays out, it's that Loki has always seen himself above, or at least he has used, he has, he has put on the armor of believing that. And he has postured because he's too afraid to face his own fears but nonetheless to hear him talk he believes himself above 
the things that he's saying, which is that ordinary people, not not people <laughs> burdened with glorious purpose, <laughs> but ordinary people. <laughs> the ordinary people crave structure, mm-hmm. and they crave being told what to do, and they. And if you give them freedom, they'll essentially eat themselves or be devoured by bigger fish or, you know, all the different things. And that freedom in and of itself is an illusion and that they really can be and will be most content with the the path being laid out for them and a few creature comforts to make them feel like they have the illusion of freedom. And I mean, interesting, interesting points. I don't think he's wrong per se, I think that there's a lot of evidence for that out in the world, but nonetheless, he believed himself or wanted to believe himself above that, more important than that. And he learns through his experience at the Time Variance Authority that he's not, that he's a speck and that there's this whole, there's, there's this greater power who has ordained and structured his every step up until that moment. And it was pure happenstance that freed him from, from the, from his timeline. Yeah. And that is definitely what we kind of dive into is like what, what his, his timeline was supposed to be as ordained by these timekeepers that he was essentially destined to cause pain and suffering that would allow other people to become their best selves. And they show a clip of the Avengers and da, 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 da. And that's the one moment where I actually started to feel for Loki. And I was like, dang, I would punch somebody in the face if they said that to me. Like, oh, how dare you? <laughs> yes, honestly, I feel like it is a tribute to Loki um, how little he actually <laughs> physically attacks people in this episode. Because, like, Mobius is, like, coming after him for blood. <laughs> Not, like, actual blood, but emotional blood, that's for sure. Um, and it was it was interesting to see someone pushing back on Loki so hard. Because uh, we, like, we, we get it a little bit in some of the things that he's been in. But it's typically more of, like, hey, you're kind of being a Nazi. Um, not like a why do you actually do this and like do you enjoy hurting people do you enjoy causing suffering and like i mean mobius is being kind of a dick therapist in this episode but that's also part of the point i think and after seeing what happens with the avengers mobius does show him that loki ultimately causes his mother's death which hits him very hard Yes. And, you know, I am reacting to, I did react to that scene in the way that I would if someone told me that, well, nothing in your life has ever really truly been your choice. And your life has been, like, you've been made to suffer and you've been made to do the things that you do in order so that other people can have their best selves isn't that grand (laughs) um reacting to that the way that i feel like any sane person would react (laughs) but (laughs) another way to look at this which is literally just occurred to me is that essentially loki has just been told that he is a character 
in someone else's story. Like that is yep. that is Loki, the character's point. <laughs> he is a villain in order to cause suffering and he causes suffering so that the Avengers can be heroes. <laughs> like congratulations, this is how you fit into, fit into the plot, Marvel or otherwise. Yeah, it is, I mean, it is basically telling him that he is a side character villain that doesn't really have any real ultimate importance. Mm-hmm when he thinks that he is the main character of his own story. Yep. And he's not. Oh, poor Loki. <laughs> Although he is presumably the main character of this show. This story. Called yeah. Loki. Presumably. Presumably. Mm-hmm. Because as we go along, mm-hmm. Loki um, attempts, Loki being Loki, being a mischievous scamp, isn't just content to just take you know mobius's word for it or you know allow fate to play out however it's going to play out he attempts to take fate into his own hands by um getting the little i don't know what they call them but the device that is like a rewind button (laughs) is his rewind button he snags that from mobius's pocket and he's able to escape um not the facility but you know at least escape the room that he was in and he's now running Rashad the facility. And it looks like his main plan is to get back to the hall of evidence where they have taken the Tesseract so that he can, you know, presumably yeet out of here. Uh, <laughs> so, but when he does that and he manages to scare a orderly, a clerk, I don't know what this Casey. title is. Okay, but his name is Casey. When the <laughs> When he manages to scare poor desk job Casey into going back in and getting the Tesseract for him, he discovers that the Infinity Stones, multiple copies of them, mind you, are just sort of hanging out in people's chain, like in people's drawers, like, you know, like paperclips, (laughs) like paperweights at the office. And there's like an entire tray of just like a bunch of Infinity Stones. Right? To reiterate the importance of this moment, <laughs> the most to date, like this, these are the stones that ended all, threatened to end all of existence in the Infinity War saga. And that multiple people died to retrieve. That multiple people died to retrieve. The symbol, the, the symbol that we've had up to this point of all power in this universe is basically a paperweight to the Time Variance Authority. It is a useless pretty rock it is a right and it doesn't have any power here which shakes understandably it, it shakes loki up <laughs> he he gets a little shooketh um he is now he is not the himself. only shooketh person in this scene <laughs> right i there am also many, shooketh <laughs> there are many shooketh persons <laughs> but he is now understandably reassessing, reevaluating his entire life up to this point <laughs> and going forward. Like, who am I and what does it all mean? Who is he? What does it all mean? <laughs> I have a nothing, feeling we're gonna- Apparently. <laughs> nothing is what we are left with right now, but nothing would leave us with much of a show. So presumably we're going to answer these questions of who is Loki? And what does it ultimately all mean? Um, but before we get there, a few other things happen. <laughs> yes. 
Loki <laughs> does end up going back to the the theater, the time the time theater. That's what it's called. Um, and he is at this point alone um, after having his whole Infinity Stone revelation, and he watches the rest of his film, which also involves his dad telling him that he loves him and is proud of him. It involves Thor telling him that he loves him and wanting to hug him and then like working together and being brothers. And, and it involves watching himself be murdered by Thanos. Mm -hmm. And uh, that also leaves him a bit wrecked, I'd say. Uh, he's not happy. Um, and he gets into a little bit of a tussle with B-15, wherein he he trades his uh, collar that's controlling him and puts it on her and kind of causes some, some havoc for her, sends her off elsewhere. And then Mobius returns and they have a very poignant conversation where Loki says that he doesn't actually enjoy causing suffering but it is it is the cruel illusion it's the the, the trick to pretending that he has power yeah it's it's his way of masking fear in order to maintain control mm -hmm. which any character analysis, you know, like I mean, anybody who's ever spent a minute in fandom, but the character analysis that has done, <laughs> you know, you didn't need a psych degree to figure that one out, but to hear the character himself after 10 years admit that is kind of, it, it was an interesting, for me, it was like episode one. Yeah. <laughs> Where yeah. are we going from here? Like, wow. Okay. <laughs> we're already, we're already here in episode one. So that'll be interesting. <laughs> Um, but yes, it does uh, then essentially leave them with Mobius asking for his help to track yeah. down the, the very dangerous variant that is currently murdering different TVA groups. And uh, he thinks that Loki will, will be particularly helpful in tracking this variant down because the variant is Loki. Yes. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> if you were paying any attention to that scene in the cathedral, you knew, but like, <laughs> um, <Yes. laughs> um, and then we end up in Oklahoma in 1858 mm -hmm. and there's a variant that has happened and the TVA has gone to investigate and they're summarily attacked and murdered by presumably Loki. And right. this figure, this cloaked figure also takes the time capsule that was left behind. Yeah, because they keep doing that. So um, Loki, we're gonna put Loki in quotation marks because right now we're being led to believe that this dangerous variant is Loki himself. Or Whether Loki it is himself. Hmm, yes, right? So that leads to avenues, right? If this is a Loki, we still have to ask ourselves, well, which Loki? It's quite possible that it is the Loki that we are seeing right now because mm -hmm. time works differently and we're here in timey-wimey land. <laughs> yep. um, so it's possible that Loki has the potential to portray 
the time, uh, you know, the TVA at some point and become the Loki that we're seeing murdering these agents and collecting time capsules for a reset. And that's their intended purpose. What Loki could use them to do, we have that, I presume we'll, we'll get a clearer picture of as we go along. Then there's also the possibility that this is a Loki from a different timeline <laughs> and he's rogue and doing his own thing. And this will be some sort of redemption arc for Loki. And it still leaves the possibility for Loki to be Loki and betray them all anyway. So <laughs> because Loki, Loki is as Loki does. Right, Loki is as Loki does. <laughs> and it yeah. is also possible that the cloaked figure, because they do not show us the face of the figure, even though the figure has been named. So there is a third possibility that Mobius has it wrong or is intentionally misleading Loki and that the variant the, the variant isn't Loki at all. Mm -hmm. Or that the variant is a different version of Loki that we have not seen before because a very tiny detail um, that someone captured on the internet as the internet does is that on his uh, apprehension intake forms, it is confirmed that Loki is gender fluid. Oh, good yes. for him. <laughs> so we will see if it is the Loki that we know, or if yes. it is a Loki that we, in a form that we have not seen before. Which is a possibility, because one of the things that I was going to note in favor of the the person under the cloaked hood is not Loki after all. I didn't think that there was a very masculine presence under that hood, mm. which is a weird thing to say, but like, it, you know, got, like, like no shape or anything. <laughs> right. Like silhouettes, nonetheless, even when you're cloaked, um, they leave an impression and I don't know, there was just something more delicate about the shape of the person in the cloak that made me think female, but we'll see. We'll see. We will see. Maybe the, maybe the extra was just a dainty man. I mean, who knows? Like, <laughs> <laughs> who knows? That was my first impression of, oh, that kind of feels female to me. That is 100% fair. I don't know. I, I assume like, I mean, Marvel has dropped many, storylines and whatever in the past and never return to them but <laughs> Sharon Carter um yeah or return to them many years later and only after much fan speculation um yeah. but I it does feel like it's a detail that they dropped in and it doesn't feel unintentional that they have put it on on this form even though it is tiny and really only people on the internet who are paying way too close attention have caught it but it is, it, it also leaves room for it to not be like Tom Hiddleston versus Tom Hiddleston. 100%. And that actually could be quite fun to see Tom Hiddleston versus a female version of Loki or yeah. of himself, you know? Well, it wouldn't be of himself because it wouldn't be a Tom Hiddleston versus, you know, you get what I'm saying. But I do I get what you're saying. <laughs> and it also like, because I am leading, I'm, I am actually reading the Loki book right now written by Mackenzie Lee that came out last year. Um, there is another character in it that I'm, I'm curious to see, like, if they do have this female form of Loki, if it will be kind of modeled off of this character at all mm. or not. 
or if that character will become involved in this. I don't know what their fate is at this point in time, but I don't know. Chaos could be coming. Marvel fans are not going to like to hear me say this, but introducing a female Loki would be on point for Marvel's current trajectory of like, you know, herstory, she's the future, diversity, <laughs> you know, whatever. And also giving Tom Hiddleston his out. Should he presumably he should he want it, you know. He is I an mean, executive there is... producer on this series, so. Mm-hmm. so yeah. I mean, and but you know, producing is something that you can continue to do without having to stay on screen and provide the illusion that you are not aging. <laughs> <laughs> that is fair. And like, I mean, like Tom Hiddleston is like, not that Marvel isn't like acting it is um but he is like a a serious mm-hmm. capital a actor mm-hmm. um so i can see that might he might he might want to go on and do things that are not marvel granted mm-hmm. i think this is the first time that we've seen or that we've actively seen and known that he has definitely gotten into some kind of superhero shape mm-hmm. um because previously i have no idea no his idea. costumes have always been like a lot Lots of body armor. Yeah. It's so, hard to tell form from that. Yeah. And, and honestly, a lot of times in the past that we've seen Loki, he's not very like physically active in terms of fighting. Mm-hmm. And that's certainly partially intentional, just like with who Loki is. Like Thor is the warrior. And yeah, he's more of a he's, sorcerer. He's the sorcerer. Yeah. Right. Um, although we do see him fight in Ragnarok. We're just going to talk a lot about Ragnarok. It's fine. <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah i could i could see this also being like a way for him to be like okay and now i don't have to play loki anymore because now you have right. you have all these possibilities of different versions of loki that you can have assuming all of them survive this show right which they might they might not yeah we don't know yeah i could see loki not serve we'll save that for uh, predictions but i could see loki not surviving i could see him surviving but otherwise being out of the timeline or whatever you know what i mean like technically he's not dead but for all intents and purposes he's no longer a part of the story um and now we have uh villainous loki young hip and ready to take on the next four phases or whatever we have in Marvel. <laughs> ready to take at least ready to take on the fourth phase <laughs> right <laughs> um yeah. So, well, I guess this would be a good time as any to go, actually go into the predictions, mm-hmm. right? Where we've kind of yeah. already started. Um, I want to start with a question that we kind of briefly started digging into earlier. Um, but in that in that orientation at the TVA, with him signing off on everything that he said, mm-hmm. why does he have to do that? That is a good question because it's either just a bit that we're never going to return to again, or it has some greater relevance down the line. Like perhaps he's not the Loki that they're going after. Mm. You know, like I presume, like I, I'm, I lean on the side of it's a bit mm-hmm. because the only reason why, the reasons that I could think of anyway, of why he would need to sign off on um, 
anything, everything he's ever said is that it's being used in as evidence as part of his overall trial, which really wasn't much of a trial. They just kind of said, hi, hello, you're guilty. Um, <laughs> you know? Yeah. He didn't really get much of a defense attorney at all. <laughs> no but, one has Fifth Amendment rights in the TVA. <laughs> oh, yeah. Clearly not. But one would hope that they don't use this document, that this humongously long document that nobody has a chance in hell of reading as the only means of identification. Um, but as far as like a court proceeding goes, it would make sense of like, yes, no, here's all the things <laughs> that you've ever said. Can you please just sign here on the line to make sure that they're correct? <laughs> you know, here's all the evidence, please sign that this, is, this was you on the day, you know, mm-hmm. which makes me think that it's all part of a, a bit. Yeah, I would say I feel like it probably like it, it pinged my interest just because like, you know, you never quite know what is going to be important and what is just a bit. I feel like, mm, I don't know, because it, it does lean into that whole like we never read the terms and conditions before we sign them. We don't. And so we agree to a lot of things that we don't really know or understand. So yeah, could that come back and bite him in the ass that he has signed? It really could. To saying something that. He didn't, he didn't actually, say. actually say, and then that could be a problem. It could be a bit. I I think of like mortgage documents where like you you have to sign mortgage documents like a mad person. You have to sign on like you have to initial every single page. You have to put your signature on it like twelve hundred times. I've looked at mortgage yeah. documents. I used to work in that industry, and mortgage documents are long, and you have to sign them constantly. So it doesn't really actually make sense to me that they didn't go full in on that joke of yeah. him having to go through every single page and sign every single thing that he's ever said. Yeah. I mean, like we like we opened with, like it just weirdly fell flat when it had no reason to. Like you were, you had the joke, you set it up, you were running with it, and then you just tripped at the end. <laughs> yes. But I guess that also makes me wonder if they are trying to hide something in it by mm. not having him look at everything. Hmm. That's a fair point. Hmm. Mm. We'll see. Um, and then the same with the robot test. I feel like that is one that I, I feel like it could be more of a bit just because they went so hard on it. Yeah. Um, but I do wonder if it would have relevance at some point in the future. Are all the TVA agents robots? Hmm. You know, I think that I think that the robot question may come back in the future maybe not as literal as oh my gosh he's an android but um i think that that will be used for something in the future do you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. because especially if he if he is going to war with himself essentially oh how how poetic i just realized (laughs) (laughs) that he's going to war with himself right um so there's potential for some sort of life decoy hijinks something you know for that to come up and be a thing now i am actually curious about the tva agents and if any of them are robots it's like weird westworld vibes mostly because like there is the conversation with like with casey where he's like i don't know like i i my whole life i've just been working at this desk like right he 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 doesn't even know what a fish is yeah (laughs) which leads to much hilarity (laughs) Um, and there is the very fact that like the the time lords you know are space lizards um i doubt they were raising babies so are the are the agents some form of 
Android or sentient life where they're just sort of created as adults to do a, a function and then they do it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe we shall see. Um, I wrote down a lot of like lines. I was like, I don't know if this is important, but it sounds like it could be important because this show, like, I feel like Falcon and Winter Soldier had like a couple lines here and there that it was like very easy to be like, mm, you're the theme. And then in this one, I was like, are you the theme? Are you the theme? <laughs> are we just like throwing these like very poignant lines out there for Tom Hiddleston to say with much gravitas that could be the theme and could come back to bite us in the ass, but might not. Um, so like one of them that I really loved is that he says fairly early on to Mobius of you have no idea what I'm capable of. Yeah. And I think what's going to happen is that Loki doesn't know what he is capable of. No, in no way does he have any idea what he's capable of. No. And I think that that's what the first episode does set up rather well, um, is the fact that Loki is now the one who has to figure out. Yes. You know, who is Loki? You yes. know, who, who, who am I? Loki? Loki? <laughs> <laughs> In, indeed. Who, who is Loki? What is he capable of? What, who, what, what is, what are they capable of? They, right. What are, what is, plurals, um, I mean, because he, he had his therapy session, he had his breakthrough moment of, I've been scared my entire life, and I've been, I hurt people because I'm so afraid of being out of control, and this is how I take control, and I don't necessarily enjoy that, and there is a part of him, you know, that we can infer from his past, his previous life in the Avengers uh, timeline, there is a part of him that does genuinely want to be doesn't want to disappoint people you know there's a part of him that loves Thor there's a part of him that loved his parents mistakes though they made <laughs> um and is that something that he's now going to capitalize on or is there a greater part of him that will always be a mischievous scamp you know <laughs> is there a greater part of him that will just always be what we expect which is oh oh Loki you know cute wah wah Loki is so, as Loki does. <laughs> we'll just keep repeating it. And I lean towards, um, so my prediction is this, because mm. it's fun. Mm. I think that we are going to, I think that we are going to meet a, a version of Loki who is going to take the mantle of, of Loki in the MCU. Because I do get the, I do get the feeling that as much as Tom Hilson likes the role and likes Marvel, I mean, time is a ticking and he is a serious actor and big and schedules are a thing. You know what I mean? Like when, there's just a certain point where it, it is much harder to work around an A-list actor schedule than it is to work around a, a sort of newcomer or an up and comer, you know? Yeah. Um, and also the fees involved. Right. Also the fees involved and the, the collagen. <laughs> so like... <laughs> I mean, that you're really not sometimes. getting past this. I, 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 I am sorry, am, Tom Hiddleston, if you are listening. We are not trying to drag you through the mud. You're a beautiful, man. <laughs> However, 4K is nobody's friend. <laughs> I, cannot, <laughs> I 
cannot tell you how we haven't seemed to figure out that all our secrets are out here on full blast in 4K. Um, <laughs> I mean, RDJ playing a, a 40 year old man for, for the last five years was a stretch for me. It was really, I was like, stop. But anyway. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I forgot my train of thought now. Um, that the the whatever evil quote unquote Loki that we're going to meet in this series is going to take on the mantle of Loki within the MCU, within so that the Tom MCU. Hiddleston can be free to do serious actor things, right, or other actor things, you know. Yes. Um, and um so that is my I, that is my ultimate prediction like i was surprised that we were getting a loki series period let alone um that we were going to get anything after it so i think that this is sort of his swan song um i would love for it to be a female loki i think that would be interesting i think that we are going to get some answers maybe about the steve rogers conundrum of like what happened to old man steve where is he what is gone is there any gone <laughs> gone just gone right um I'm, he's not on the moon that's the only thing we know <laughs> do we know that do we know have we seen pics cannot confirm cannot confirm um you know the word on the street is he's not on the moon according to sam sam wilson but you know sam never we'll said that he wasn't on the moon <laughs> He heavily implied that that was a ridiculous, um, but you are right. We At this point, we don't know where Steve Rogers is in, in the canon. He's not dead, or at least he hasn't been confirmed as dead. He's just gone. Yeah, they, which, they have never said the word dead. They just keep saying that he's gone. gone, which allows Marvel all the room in the world to play. They can uh, at one point decide, uh, no, he died, you know, at home in his bed of old age. You know, or they can decide to bring him back in some fashion of, here's what happened to him. Hijinks ensue, you know. I think that there's a possibility that we will get some confirmation that um, Steve's timey-wimey hijinks with Peggy weren't exactly on the up and up as far as the TVA go. Um, did he maybe, disappear into the TVA? Did they, did they blast him? Yeah, maybe, he's, maybe he got picked up and oh, speaking of, of internet things that people pick yes. up on, there is, cannot be confirmed because it's, she's in the background for a reason, but there does appear to be a woman who looks remarkably like Peggy Carter um, being hauled around in the background of one of these scenes that one of uh, our eagle-eyed fans picked up on. I have seen the, the screen cap and it just looks like a woman styled after Peggy Carter, which means a white woman with brunette hair in 50s garb. <laughs> so, <laughs> so make of that what you will. Terribly um, specific. Terribly specific. Um, but there is some potential for that to come up that, hey, uh, that wasn't on anybody's plan. And that would make Peggy and Steve, uh, you know, fugitives of the uh, Time Variance Authority. So yeah. maybe something will come up of that. <laughs> maybe. We will see. Like, I feel like this whole idea of the sacred timeline and these timekeepers, like, obviously it's going to be a huge part of this story. 
and like who these timekeepers are, what this sacred timeline is, why they are the ones that get to decide for uh, everyone in the universe, in for the all multiverse, of existence. for all of existence, like what the ultimate timeline should be. Because there's a lot of like, um, so are they saying that the Holocaust was supposed to happen? Yep. And slavery was supposed to happen. Yep. Yeah, I don't think I'm cool with that. Because um, some people do terrible things so that other people get to be them be- their best selves. Hmm. Okay. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Mm, yeah, I don't I don't know that I like that in a lot of ways. And I am curious because it is it is implying a lot about like the whole like Steve and Endgame and and that that was meant to happen that was supposed to happen and I don't understand like the actual conceit of the show and why Loki is considered a, a variant doesn't make sense to me when you think about the fact that he had to take the Tesseract so that Tony and Steve would go back to get the tesseract from the military camp and tony would like talk to his dad and steve would see peggy and also take the pin particles that they could use them to get back to endgame timeline like if like they should have been taken in by the tva too because that's not okay. how it was supposed to happen right so <laughs> so what are they saying like it doesn't yeah. it doesn't actually make sense in that way that like if that was supposed to happen, then Loki had to take the Tesseract from that timeline. Yeah. So yeah. it was supposed to happen? Um. But now you're saying it's, <laughs> it wasn't supposed to happen. So yeah. technically Welcome the thing to... with Steve and Tony shouldn't have happened either. Yeah. No, everything from the moment of, 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 of Loki taking the Tesseract should be a time variance. Yeah. And so all of them... So the, they just haven't really established many ground rules here is if, if doing something that is not on the original plan on the sacred timeline is what makes you a variant, then that like millions and millions and millions of people should be variants because anytime you start a ripple, the ripple moves out. Like Loki may be the thing that like caused the first change by picking up the Tesseract, but that doesn't, the ripple doesn't end with him. No. There's everything that like Tony and Steve did, as you said. And then there's everything that, you know, like when they knock against, you know, like just by having a conversation with Howard, he's doing things that he wouldn't otherwise do, you know? Um, so why is the time why is the TVA not full, chock full of millions of people who are now acting outside of the sacred timeline? And apparently, I mean, it could be answered by that's what the reset does, is once you go there and you hit the capsule, it pushes everybody back into their place. So you don't have to do that for millions of people, but we just don't have enough information to draw any concrete conclusions about anything. Mm-hmm. And I'm strangely, I'm, I, I feel, <laughs> I have the suspicion that we're not going to get much information. <laughs> we're going to get the first step, right? Right. Just 12% <laughs> of the information. Right. Um, we're going to get enough information to kind of make the story work. Mm. And then we're going to be left at home like, but 
<laughs> so do you think what the ultimate solution kind of at the end is going to be that this version of Loki that we that has taken the Tesseract is ultimately going to decide to go back to that altered 2012 timeline and just like live out the way that he's supposed to? Is that an option for him? I mean, I, I could see know. if he helps out the agency that maybe that's a deal that they make. Um, Meaning like, but I don't right know if that's now, a choice that he will ultimately make because that would reset the timeline so that all the things that happen after it happen the way that they're supposed to. But then also that then removes Steve and Tony going back to that other time. Like my brain is broken. Every time I start talking about time travel in this goddamn universe, my brain just starts breaking. <laughs> because, and I think it's because they, they started rules. establishing rules and then they were just kind of like, yeah. Well, don't worry about it <laughs> right yeah oh no um yeah don't ask me how don't ask me how any of this works because they will establish a rule and then appear to break it shortly thereafter and the story just keeps going so uh where does that leave us <laughs> in confusion um, with confusion yes um yes i I have to stop talking about that for the moment and just move on for a quick second. Um, the next quote that is potentially premonition E is when uh, Mobius is taking Loki to the theater and Loki says, I'm going to burn this place to the ground. Do we think he'll burn this place yeah. to the ground? I think he might. Yeah. Yeah. Because there, there is still a strong leading possibility that the Loki that we're, we're seeing two different Loki, I mean, two, the same Loki, just at two different periods of his life, because time yeah. works however it wants to work in the TVA. Mm -hmm. um, it's very possible that the Loki who is now actively killing TVA agents and um, stealing the capsules is 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 the Loki that we're going to be following, and we're going to be watching how he gets to that point. And he has discovered a way to take power for himself. Cause that is one of his ultimate motivators is power. And right now we've learned that the, the space lizards, but through them, you know, the TVA, the TVA is the most powerful entity in the known universe. Mm -hmm. So he may have figured out a way to get to the space lizards. I'm gonna keep calling them that apparently. That's fine. He may have figured out a way to circumvent their power or harness it for himself or, or free himself from their power. We don't know, but it's very possible that uh, we're gonna watch Loki figure that out and then turn on the time variance authority. Yeah, I think that is a very strong possibility because they're, I mean, they are setting up and like, knowing the titles of some of the phase four movies, even it, or at least the title of one of them, um, we, are, we are heading into the multiverse in phase four, mm -hmm. like we are. So yeah. I can definitely see how this Loki could be kind of a circle of himself um, that we are going to be meeting this uh, evil quote unquote version of Loki and how he gets to that point and ultimately turns against the TVA and the timekeepers and works to take them out, which would then cause mass chaos in the timelines. Yeah. And since the next Doctor Strange movie is the multiverse of oh. madness. 
Yep. I feel like that's a possibility that the multiverse is going to be a big part of it. Yep. It's a huge possibility. I I, I don't know how it's going to shake up, but I think, you know, we're on the right track here. Um, it Because also like COVID aside, I think there is a reason that we have yet to see any any images or trailers from Doctor Strange. Yep. Yep. But we've got plenty of rumors and plenty of 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 set chatter. <laughs> and then there's the title alone that lets us know that we're going to be dealing with the multiverse. Mm-hmm. And that something has happened. Something somewhere has happened. And the and, and especially since uh, the, the upcoming Spider-Man movie also apparently deals with multiverse. Yes. I think it's a fair guess. And I, um, you know, it's a fair guess that yeah. whatever happens at the end of this series is going to do something that kind of breaks breaks time. Yes. <laughs> and unleashes <laughs> chaos for, you know, the other properties to come. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I don't really know how Eternal is going to play into this or Shang-Chi is going to play into it either. But I know, yeah, Doctor Strange and Spider-Man definitely deal with the multiverse. Um, So yeah, it does seem like this could be Loki, well, at least Tom Hiddleston, Loki's swan song and his, his final acts in this universe could be to completely destroy the sacred timeline as a way of taking back his power, but also giving power back to others. Yeah, I could see it being a sort of, uh, because again, Tom Hiddleston and being a fan favorite and also a good looking white man does have that that white privilege. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he's never going to be a straight out and out villain. There's always going to be that kernel of, ah, but you gotta love him, you know? <laughs> so I could definitely see it being framed as a, I'm taking back personal power for myself, but also for everyone else. Um, I think that there's a huge potential for the TVA to kind of be proven to be less than on the moral up and up, you know? Mm-hmm. They they have some shadows, some, some mm, you know, cause there's that question of who are you and why, and who who died and made you king, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who are you to decide that, you know, millions or billions of people should just die like i mean the tva has basically sanctioned the blip yeah like they yeah. they were like yeah this is this is what is supposed to happen half the population is supposed to disappear for five years mm-hmm. and cause intense global suffering mm-hmm. because we decided that it was what was best for everyone and if that was a peggy carter that we saw being dragged inside um, you know, like there's the potential of like there's the there's the moral question of are are you killing people for having the misfortune of being knocked out of their own timeline? Like because there's the fact that like Lily didn't choose <laughs> to be a variant, he just sort of ended up one because the Avengers were doing their thing and mucking around. Mm-hmm. Like the ter- the Tesseract got kicked to him. And like any being with a with a scrap of self-preservation, he was like, oh, my chance for escape. And that was all, that was it. <laughs> so and then to suddenly, 
and then suddenly he ends up here guilty without trial really you know like there's no there's no real due process here he's guilty because they say he's guilty and they were going to kill him according to morbius uh, morbius (laughs) Uh, wrong movie (laughs) they were going to kill him according to Marvel character (laughs) agent mobius (laughs) um It's really close. I'm just like red pill of the blade. Well, it's one letter, and it doesn't help that yeah. they are actually releasing a Morbius movie in the next like year or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the fact that the only the, the only reason that Loki wasn't hauled off for Beth apparently is that he has use. You know, what are the moral implications of that? Who decided that was a, a thing? Mm-hmm. So I guess uh, that presents even more questions with this whole like sacred timeline thing. Like if people become variants and they come and they get killed, like what what happens to them in their reg- in the regular time? Like, doesn't that also create, like, doesn't that just continue the variant timeline? Cause like if they get yeah. taken out and like taken to this like TVA and get like destroyed doesn't that just like allow that timeline to continue? Or does the reset legitimately put them back onto the path that they were on? But maybe the reset, and this is again, why they really need to explain the reset and what it does. And I think that they will attempt that because obviously there's a reason why Loki question, you know, apparently Loki wants the capsules, but it, it's possible that much like his rewinder, <laughs> the capsules reset that timeline back to the point of the variant, before the variance, mm-hmm. right? So if you eliminate the Loki who's going to exist regardless, and you reset the timeline to just before the variance, and then you prevent the variance from happening, you solve the problem. I, I guess it's uh, it's just confusing because technically that timeline still exists by them not being yeah. there. Yeah, welcome to you established a rule and now you're ignoring it because technically by the rules that they set up in <laughs> Infinity War and Endgame, that branch still exists but we could also get into magic. Maybe, maybe that's what the capsule does. It literally it like t- just removes that <laughs> entire timeline yeah. altogether and just like goes like it's a little band-aid. It's a time yeah. band-aid. Yeah. Um, it just goes, nope, JK, never mind. Reset. Yeah. Okay. I just can't. I it's it's funny because the show is about time in so many ways, and yet talking about how time is used in this episode in this show <laughs> is just going to continue to melt my brain um Be because i mentally exhausting i yeah I, I just i have too many logistical and logical questions about how this all works and i will very unlikely to get many answers about how it logistically and logically works right um, so yeah i'm just gonna move on to my next quote slash premonition thing. Um, Loki, at one point, says to Mobius, there's only one person you can trust. 
And Mobius responds with yourself. Yep. Yep. A little foreshadowing there. I think there's tons of potential for us to realize. There's a there's some some darker elements to the TVA. Mm-hmm. Especially since Loki is the character that we're following. He is the for he's the protagonist. Like this is his, this is his circus. <laughs> um and And these are his monkeys right (laughs) and complicated character or no we are meant to root for him and um so they're gonna have to eventually provide us with a reason to do that yes beyond good looks and um a sad backstory yes and a great voice but yeah yeah it makes me wonder about what is to come like are they is the show going to argue that it is true that you can only trust yourself, that the only person that you can actually trust is yourself? Because um, I feel like Falcon and Winter Soldier very much went in the opposite direction of like, you need to learn how to trust other people. Right. Um, so it feels like a bit of an about face if they wanted to, to really posit that the only person that you can trust is yourself. But it could be the path that Loki is going down, especially if he, if this is going to be a, a a circular Loki that we're we're coming upon the Loki that is doing these killings and and this is the Loki becoming that Loki then eventually the only person he's going to trust is himself but then I guess it also goes into that like if he gets rid of the timekeepers and allows everyone to have actual free will with the multiverse he is going to be trusting other people to do what they need to do yeah and I could see it being that sort of convoluted, <laughs> you know, message at the end of the day. Yeah. I really could. Like, do you think he'll ever trust me? He's the champion for free will. Right? <laughs> Quite a character journey. I mean, that would right? be like the ultimate character journey because yeah. when literally when we first meet him, he's like, he he lands on Earth and is like, okay, you guys need to bow to me. Mm-hmm. And we took a lot of time in this pilot episode to reestablish, to make sure that the audience remembered that he's Mr. The humans don't, wouldn't know what to do with free will, even if you gave it to them. Yeah. So is that the journey he's on? Will he end up trusting Mobius by the end? Do you think? <laughs> I think that for a, I think that he, he's already there, right? Like you don't admit something like he admitted. I mean, obviously he's stressed, but like he opened up to Mobius in a way that we've never seen him really open up to anyone up until this point. So there's already an element of Mobius has gotten past some of his walls and has he? I think that sort of, I think so. I think that there's a a room for that. Like that doesn't prevent Loki from being wary or from being Loki. Like I fully expect that Loki probably has two cards behind his back and if you don't expect that, then you don't know the character. But like, <laughs> um, but I guess the question I I guess I should ask about that scene in particular with him opening up more to Mobius is: Do you think that was a genuine interaction, or was it more emotional manipulation? I don't see why it can't be both. But I think that I think that it I think that it, it only I think the only way that it would work is if it was genuine. And it's not, that's not to say that he can't be using it for emotional manipulation because he very well might be, mm-hmm. but that's how you get, that's how you expertly manipulate people is you give them a bit of truth. 
Yeah. And well, and even earlier in the episode, Mobius says something to Loki about like uh, having to charm the people that you're trying to manipulate. Yeah. So there is certainly a, a, a potential for him to have dropped in some some genuine feelings in an effort to bring Mobius to his side. Right. And there's something, I guess what I'm like, what I was trying to get at is that like, there's something to be said for the fact that things are layered, right? Like Mobius and Loki are relative strangers to each other. Or so we think, you know, there's the potential that Mobius knows way more about Loki than we currently know right now, but nonetheless, where they stand right now, they're, they're kind of, they're feeling each other out. Mm -hmm. And as part of that dance, I think it's very likely that Loki is trying to manipulate Mobius. That's what he does. That's how he gets the upper hand. That's how he's going to get out of this situation. But even in order to do that, he kind of has to, he kind of has to open up a little bit. He kind of has to get to know the other man. And there is that part of Loki that does want good things, mm-hmm. <laughs> who does want to be good and does want to, to have friendship and to connect with other people. And I think that's, there's likely something in him that is tempted to take Mobius out of his word and is wanting to see what will happen, but fully expects, fully expects to, that his, 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 his worldview will prove to be correct. Yeah. A question on temporal auras. <laughs> that picture that was taken. Um, so temporal auras came up twice in this episode once when Roby when Loki was doing his robot test and then once when Mobius was in France in the 1500s and handed off the pack of kablooey gum to be processed and I I don't know what my thoughts are on it but the fact that they mentioned it twice in the first episode makes me feel like it's going to become important somehow some way I don't really know how yet, but yeah, no, normally when they mention something more than once, it, there's a good chance that it has something to do with. What some if the timekeepers are robots? Ooh, that would be interesting. And he'll defeat <laughs> them by having them go through the, the robot test machine. Right? <laughs> right? No, yeah. What if they're not living beings? What if they are sentient sort of they're like the Ultron, basically. Right. And maybe that's the moral dilemma. And it's less that the TVA is, you know, like twirl mustache nefarious. It's just that they, I, I, I do see potential that the decisions that they're making, being so cut and dry, being so black and white, being so robotic without room for mercy or considering individuals, um, be a huge point of contention yeah because i'm still over here like we just we just kill people because they got pushed <laughs> out of their timeline okay and because they didn't want to take a ticket right yeah no there's that scene they said take a ticket and he refused and so they melted this man out of existence yep that is a thing that happened emotionlessly by the way they don't yes. appear to feel any grief no they're just like eh, you don't want to comply okay bye <laughs> right bye which is interesting because i'm like why like if they're just going to 
uh, I don't even know what the word is, disappear <laughs> these people at the end of their trial, that's not really a trial anyway, then why go through the whole farce to begin with? Well, because tradition is how we view ourselves, darling. <laughs> uh, you know, like if you're just going to melt people that, you know. It's about the panache. It's about bureaucracy helps us feel better about the evils that we do. That is an age-old human truth. That is true. Because the more the more red tape that we put between our cruelty and our actions um, and ourselves, the easier it is to to convince ourselves that we're doing the right thing. Right. I'm not killing babies. I'm just, you know, passing laws that inhibit water to certain communities and inhibit funding to certain communities and, you know, inhibit healthcare to certain communities. But I'm not, I'm not hurting anyone. No. <laughs> not at all. Yeah. So maybe, I mean, the timekeepers are the truest bureaucrats. <laughs> mm -hmm ever yes seeing a lot of interesting uh takes on bureaucracy with the these first entrance of the marvel television universe i don't mean to keep just like straight up ignoring all of the netflix marvel shows but since the marvel cinematic universe does i am um yeah and if if those shows had had any bearing on the MCU, I I would definitely talk about them more and include them yeah. in these discussions. But uh, this is this is the first time that Marvel is like actively creating Marvel shows that fit within their specific cinematic universe for streaming. Because yeah. there is also Agents of Shield, but also like Agents of Shield is affected by the MCU, but it doesn't have much bearing on the movies. And they've kind of, there's, there's kind of been blow in the wind that they're going to be retcons cool. <laughs> because you can do that because they've had no bearing on the movies whatsoever. So mm -hmm. if you just say something opposite of what happened in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., then you just go, oh, they're not the same. Then you just and go, oh, they're part of a variant timeline. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's going to get destroyed. <laughs> Yep. over time doesn't belong in the sacred timeline <laughs> marvel 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 oh, i felt like as intriguing as some of these questions are as great as tom hiddleston is to watch i felt like this was the longest trailer i had ever watched in my life this episode was just, when i tell you and i double checked this <laughs> <laughs> we were like 19 and a half minutes into this episode before we got a single character name besides Loki's. Wow. That is, it was, uh, I don't know what you think you're doing, but like, I, <laughs> they're throwing us in. Right. Like, how are we supposed to care about anything that is happening? I don't, I don't know that we're, well, I mean, we're, we're supposed to care about what's happening to Loki, but I think that the intention is definitely that we're supposed to be just as lost as he is um, in terms of like not knowing who people are and not knowing what is going on. I under, I understand that impulse, <laughs> but I mean, from storyteller to storyteller, do you actually think that works? Like, is that something that you would ever advise a writer to do? give your audience no footholds besides your main character 
I mean, it's only the first 19 minutes, which is like, it is a decent <laughs> amount of the episode. Um, decent amount. Of the first. episode's like, what, 40 and change? Oh, um, I didn't <laughs> keep track of where the credits started. But um, I don't know, like, I, like, it is fantasies, like, there's a certain amount of, like, we just kind of go along with whatever the hell is happening. Um, no. Like I, I would want people to give you like a little bit of information, but it, I feel like it, it is taking it to kind of the extreme of the like whole like in medias res, just like dropping you in the middle of the action and being like, okay, figure it out. Actually, you know what it reminds me of? Um, I watched the show Halt and Catch Fire a few years ago, yeah. which is spectacular. And if you haven't seen it, you should definitely watch it. And I started watching it and was like, wow, they're just like really throwing you into the show. And like, there's all these like really complicated relationships between these like four main characters and like how they know each other, how they've worked together, like their history, their past, like super complicated. And they just kind of like give you a little hints of like what was going on in the past and like what has happened. And you're, you're just supposed to infer a lot of what's going on and I was like wow this is just like they're really really throwing you in and I got like seven episodes in and then I realized I was watching the second season <laughs> oh no <laughs> so I yeah. feel like that's kind of how this was is that they were I mean they weren't expecting you to know what was going on they were very much expecting you to just be with Loki and his glorious purpose and and not knowing what the hell is happening and and just kind of go along with it but I, I don't even know that I necessarily was I mean obviously I had questions and obviously I still don't have all the answers but I didn't feel lost per se I just felt disconnected mm. just like ugh. other than Loki like I don't know anybody and I'm not being given an opportunity to know anybody so therefore I'm not being given an opportunity to care about anybody other than Loki like until until Mobius arrives and it's like hello I'm Mobius then I'm like okay finally I have like somebody else to like connect to you know and yeah that may be the way that Loki was feeling but I mean, 19 minutes is a long time and that's a, I mean, off goes the TV if I cared even iota less about this franchise. Do you know what I mean? Like as a a vehicle, I don't know that you can get away with doing that unless you're in a franchise like this where you are banking on people already being invested in your story. For sure. And I, I mean, you could probably say the same thing about the first episode of WandaVision mm-hmm. because it is like, it is just about Wanda and Vision. And you are, <laughs> talk about in medias res, like you are dropped in with zero information on what is going on. Right. And but you, you don't even character names, you know, like you meet new people and you do get their name and you do get little tidbits of what they're involved in um by the time we get to other people but like <laughs> you know what I mean like even in the first episode where it's all black and white he I believe does he go to work in that episode he does yeah because, because they're having his boss over for dinner that's right so you meet the hearts and you start to get 
into the intrigue with them what's going on with this couple especially when the wife is like their neighbor <laughs> right Agatha. and you meet their neighbor and you learn her like you do learn her name you know um so you do like I can't think of another medium I've watched where I just didn't have any sense of any other character besides the one I was watching mm-hmm. for 19 whole minutes yeah basically and half the episode I will say they don't really give you like any names of people like Mobius gives us his name yeah and Casey gives us his name no one else is actually named in that episode yeah like Renslayer I pulled from IMDB right so it's like I I know that she has a name did you um, say her name was B15? No, uh, B15 is the agent that brings Loki in, and Renslayer is the like judge. Right. But both okay. of those I knew because of IMDb, not because they say their names. Right. Which lead leaves the question of was this just a really bad storytelling device? Hmm. Or do they honestly just not care that much about side characters like I I honestly don't know which it is to be honest with you I I don't I don't because I don't know I don't know I don't know it was just strange it felt and that's what I mean by like it felt like a long trailer it felt like I was getting pieces of information they were meant to be leading me hyping me up and exciting me about this journey that we were going about to embark on I understood the information that was getting, being given to me, it did intrigue me. But at some point, you're just like, wow, okay, I'm tired. Like, <laughs> end the trailer. And I, I don't think I really noticed that they didn't give us many character names. I was very much just kind of along. I was along for this ride, which was, was honestly my whole attitude coming into the show. It was like, the show is going to be bonkers and I'm here for it. We'll yeah. see. Yeah. I mean, it's possible. I'm, I'm less of a Loki fan. Like, not to say that you are, but like, <laughs> going like going into it, like, I had no real emotional attachment to Loki yeah. as a character. Like, I know there are some, some Loki fans out there. I am not one of them. But, like, I was interested in the character. I was interested in to see what the show would be about. So maybe it just, because of that, like, it was just a little bit more it was just glaringly obvious to me that like I wasn't being given <laughs> anything besides Loki. I was just like, oh, wow. <laughs> okay. And I was enjoying the ride. The ride itself made like as much, it made sense minus all the questions that we have, you know, <laughs> but um, the ride was it made sense aside from all the things that didn't make sense. <laughs> aside from all the things that didn't make sense and all the questions that left me with, I, the trajectory was doing what it was designed to do, which was to intrigue me and to make me want to see more. It's, it's just weird to recognize that you're on a ride and that there, there, there's no attempt being made to endear you to anyone besides the title character and this and his partner for the foreseeable future. And I was just like, we really, we never, we weren't really strong on character to begin with. And now we're really just like saying the characters don't matter. Like you're on a, <laughs> you're on a ride. 
well, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, I do have one, at least one last question from me. So we, we have that whole scene with Loki and him trying to get the Tesseract and finding that giant drawer full of infinity stones. Mm-hmm. How many do you think he took? Mm, there, that is a quest. That is a question. And did he take any? Did he take any? And if so, how many do you think he took? Right. Because he's not going to be in the TVA forever. That's true. I did think about that as it was happening. I was just like, we have seen Loki snatching things that, you know, we've seen his mischievous side used this way before. Like he is famous for the bait and switch Mm -hmm. of I snatched it when you weren't looking. I think it's very possible that he did take some and that his grief over their uselessness here was in part, it was genuine, but it was also in part an act, a display to both fool the audience and to play into the narrative of like, oh, he had no interest in them because he realized their powerlessness. Yes, they're powerless here. Here. And they are in the grand scheme of things, maybe as long as the TVA is allowed to remain standing, they will be essentially powerless because you will continue having the TPA coming after you. Here. But if that's the case, then we're right back to, it would make a lot of sense for him to develop a plan to be rid of the TVA. Yes. In order to be able to use the, um, you know, to wield his power freely. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it does play into the whole magician's trick of like making you watch, watch one hand while you're doing something with the other. Exactly. And his emotional response to it could be the watch this hand. Yeah, exactly. The best manipulation is using a grain of truth. Mm -hmm. I'm genuinely upset about how powerless. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, to be fair, like I would also be upset about how powerless they are and, and more genuinely upset that like they're so common in the TV that they just have like a random drawer filled with them and then countless others that people are using as paperweights that like yeah there have been wars fought and billions of people have died because of these stones and they're just paperweights here a dime a dozen yeah so I can I I can 100% see him taking five (laughs) (laughs) and a quick handful (laughs) right a quick handful and his next step is I have to, for this to be of any use, I now have to figure out a way to dismantle the TVA. Mm-hmm. And at the very least get out of it to then dismantle it. Mm-hmm. So working with Mobius to track himself down would be a way to do that. Yep. We'll, we shall see. Shall see. <laughs> we have to go back. <laughs> and uh, what, what did you know about this show before starting it? <laughs> I did think about that earlier. I was like, oh, we didn't even, we just skipped that. We did. Um, so, um, I mean, I have watched every Marvel entity in existence. So I knew quite a bit. And also I, you know, read a fair bit of comics. So I, uh, I knew quite a bit <laughs> um, about the overall world and what, was going to be have they covered you know, the TV in the comics 
Huh? Have they covered the TVA in the comics? They've covered the Time Lords. I don't recall them being called the Time Variance Authority, but I mean, it's very possible that they were. I'm old. My memory's not that spectacular to remember random acronyms, but it's, it's very possible that they were. But the Time Lords and the Sacred Timeline are definitely a thing. Um, so I knew that was like the premise. So I guess I knew about as much as anybody, you know, like, hey, it's going to be involving Loki. It's going to be involving, you know, the Time Variance Authority. And, um, tune in to find out yeah i i think i knew less than you because i i've seen the mcu movies and i've i've never read a marvel comic i'm realizing um like ever wow um and i knew it was loki and i knew it was going to be madness like my my word to describe it honestly has just been like i knew it was going to be bonkers it looked bonkers and that was pretty much all I knew. And the end, I guess that it was going to be the Loki that takes the Tesseract from Endgame. Yeah. That's it. So not much coming into this. Yeah. Did you know that I haven't watched Thor one in a long, long time, but in the in the you know in this episode uh there's a bit that they do where loki is revealed to have been um oh db cooper yeah he's revealed to have been him but to my understanding neither thor nor loki had ever been or heard of midgard before they before thor won like if they knew of midgard it was like it, it seemed like a very in like into like academic understanding of yeah um, Midgard is a place that exists they definitely know I I should <laughs> um I don't I I can't speak to the Thor one movie because I also haven't seen it in a very long time and I think I've only seen it once in its entirety mm-hmm. um but I I am currently reading the Loki novel by Mackenzie Lee and mm. uh, uh I won't, I won't say too much, but uh, Loki is well aware of Midgard. Right. And not in just an intellectual sense. Right. Yeah. And I, I'm like literally speaking towards the my memory of uh, Thor 1. I, I'll have to watch it again. But like for some reason, I remember watching that scene being like, I had the, the vaguest feeling that like in Thor 1, they made it seem like they didn't really know much about Midgard. Like they were just sort of like, yeah, it's a place, but... Mm-hmm. Well, they might, they might not because like as Asgard is kind of this other place sort of out of the normal time from what I understand, mm-hmm. um, particularly with how things are playing out in this book, must be. Um, I think time moves differently in Asgard than it does elsewhere. Yeah. But th- they might not be terribly familiar with Midgard and they might not be terribly familiar with different time periods in Midgard. Oh yeah. Like they they might not know like modern Midgard as we know it, but yeah. they might know other versions of it. Yeah. And I got that sense because there's the re- there's the reality of you know Thor and Norse mythology and the fact that like 
he has been in touch with Midgard before this point. He would have had to have been in order to inspire Norse mythology. Yes. But for whatever reason, I just left Thor one with the feeling that like they knew next to nothing about Midgard. <laughs> but I'll have to go back and, and see what that's all about because I remember watching that scene and just being like, huh, I don't recall them. It was the fact that it was such a modern, it's one thing, yeah, you know what I mean? Like there's the impression of like, yeah, when we used to revel on Midgard as young men, it was like way back in ancient whatever. This is like 19, <laughs> like, you know, what would we be, 1950, 1960? Like, so why are they acting so like ducks out of water in Thor 1 about modern inventions and whatnot? Because like, it was before it became Disney. <laughs> <laughs> Like You've legitimately, that might be awesome. that might be part of it. Like, I mean, these these huge franchises, they will always have a problem of establishing things and then deciding that they want to go in a different direction and then having to like reestablish things. And it's confusing for the audience that like really pays attention and cares about it. Like, yeah, most Star Wars fans probably don't know that canonically, Ray oh. and Poe have met twice now. Like, like have been introduced to each other twice because they meet at the end of the novelization for the force awakens and then they meet at the beginning of the of the last jedi movie lovely yep <laughs> so canonically speaking they have been introduced to each other twice and sometimes that happens but <laughs> not the way that it happened <laughs> yes yeah so then it's like okay so which one is actual canon yeah i don't know so that's definitely going to happen oh. with Marvel, that there are probably things that they established in the first Thor movie before Disney came in, before it became the the Marvel cinematic industrial complex yep. um, that it has become. And now they are retroactively changing some details. Right. Or many details. That's a wrap on this week's episode of What You Missed On. Be sure to follow us wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. You can find the show on Twitter at WYMO Podcast. You can find Kim on Twitter at KJOUR and Kate on Instagram at Your Story Unstuck. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for our next episode.